0: Well, hello, makers, and welcome to the show where it's all about financial freedom with real estate. Today's topic is gifting, specifically corporate gifting. And to help us unpack this very important topic is our co-host, Garrett Lynch. What's going on, Garrett?
1: Michael, thanks for having me again.
0: So one of my least favorite love languages is gifting. I suck at it. I'm a horrible gift giver. And I know this about myself, but I've also noticed that other people are really bad gift givers, especially in the corporate world. You know, and we're gonna solve this problem with our guest today, who's John Ruland, the author of Giftology, a book I read several years ago, which was amazingly impactful. And he identified various things in there that we as corporate givers do all the time that are basically wrong. And let's talk about some of those. First of all, what are some of those examples and you know that you've even received maybe you've been even part of those things that you received where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just got this gift.
1: <laughs> uh yeah. So a notable one is, I don't know, like people are, so we did business with this person in, in my last company. We probably over, I'd say $400,000 worth of business. And they sent me a bucket of nuts. And it said, we're nuts about you. Thanks. And and so I was like, I got it. And I was like, I didn't want to be rude. about Obviously, you're not going to reach out to that person and be like, okay, uh, <laughs> What was that so but you still in the back of your head you're like that's all our relationship is worth you know so but you don't know why like gifting is a is a thing where you're just like why does this matter to me i don't know or or how do i actually do better at this right and it's like it's kind of this like gray area so i'm sure you've had some experience around that as well
0: yeah i mean a typical corporate gift you get in a box let's say you what uh, speak at some event or you whatever and you know you open up the box and there's a a branded mug right and there's a hat with a logo on it and a pen with a logo on it And I'm just like, okay, but what am I going to do with this thing? I got like 10 other mugs just like it and I never freaking use them, you know? And then of course there's the expected gift around the holidays. Like you get this flood of whatever gifts and it's almost like expected. So when you get it, you're like, okay, I was expecting that anyway. And so, you know, in his book, John Rulon, in in, in his book of giftology, he goes through all these things. I'm like, oh gosh, I've done that. And I've been the recipient of all that. But But wait a minute. Well, what are you supposed to do? Like, that's what you're supposed to do. I thought this was like a normal thing. And he goes through his book about all these things that you're not supposed to do and that you're supposed to do. Like, talk about some of those.
1: Yeah, you're supposed to. So, really include like the family, right? So, that's like like something Mm -hmm. I didn't even know about that where you can include the wife. That's what's important to that person you're not supposed to send people mugs with your logo on it or, or hats with your your logo on it as well. And the funny thing is like, as far as we've come in the business world up to this point, it's still something that kind of slipped underneath the radar to the point where we were like trying to figure out, Hey, how are we going to take care of our our investors better? And, you know, invest some of our own funds back into the investors. What do we do in that, in that front? And we came up with this whole program and then we kind of put the kibosh on it after talking with John. We're like, man, this is just not going to hit the mark, and it's going to break a lot of these rules in addition, which could even set us back further.
0: Yeah, I mean, you want the gift really when it's received. You want them to use it constantly. Every time they use it, they think of you, of course. They want to be uh, maybe even a conversation piece, something that they might even like pass down to their children, like that kind of thing, without putting your logo on it. And so when John talked, and so what we want from our, our investor relations is we want to recognize our largest donors or even our, our largest potential donors who maybe haven't invested with you yet because we want them to invest more with us. And more importantly, we want them to tell all their country club friends, right? Now, you send them a mug with a, a Nighthawk logo on it. They're like, God, really? And they might have basically put it somewhere in a box with other freaking logos, you know. You know. And so they never use it. They never talk about it. And they're certainly not going to give us referrals. And so, you know, John's system of gifting what he's saying is it's supposed to do all those things. They're supposed to use it, pass talk about it, pass it down. And so, you know, we wanted to have him on the show and share with y'all what his system is. And what we're going to do with that information, Garrett, is, is after we're done with talking to John, we're going to put our heads together and figure out, well, what are we going to do with our investors? And hopefully you listening to this, watching this, can use some of this uh, for your own gifting, whether it's corporate gifting, personal gifting, or investor relations. So let's get John on the on the call here. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Block,
1: John Ruland, We're so excited to have you here finally. This and this has been a long time in the making, but welcome to the show, sir. Thanks so yeah. much for being here.
2: Yeah, man, this is uh, this is gonna be a lot of fun. This is a little blast from the past. Uh-
1: <laughs> yeah. So just so you guys, you guys got to got to hear this, right? So so John and I have actually technically known each other for maybe maybe like. 10, 12 years on and off, but it's an interesting way that we kind of know about each other. Cause I was like this, this like blue eyed sales rep for a company that we, we both worked for. And I, I was getting into the business. It was, I think I was, man, I was like 21 years old, probably. At the time, and it was like maybe my second. I was in college, and I was like at the time. So I, I was like the rep you wanted to know. The sales rep for this company worked for Vector Marketing, Cutco, and I was like the guy at this time. I was, I was breaking sales records in my region. I was like on stage. I was talking. uh you know, everybody wanted to talk to me. I was like, I was like that guy. I was winning all the everything, right? And and so just to give you a little bit of. Uh, insight as to what that looks like. So uh, that summer, we would come back from the summers and we'd sell knives and make money and then go back to college and have more money than our friends typically. And uh, most of our friends are doing construction or some making, you know, 3k or whatever. We were making like a lot more than that 10, 20k, whatever. And so it was cool. And so being like the top rep we do in a summer, I think I was doing, I did like 65,000 or something like that in sales. All right. I'm telling you, I was the guy, I had trophies everywhere. Well, then there was this like mystical figure out in space that you heard about. You heard about, he wasn't, I think he was in California at the time. John, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that around that time? Probably California or Ohio. somewhere. You were in Ohio. Okay. So there's this mystical figure and the guy has got like a million two in sales around that time. And we're just seeing it on the leaderboards. We're like, who is this guy? This guy, John Rulin. Cause to do what I did is like near impossible. Like it is you're sitting across you every time you sell a knife, it's a hundred dollars per knife. Okay. And you're selling sets of them and a whole summer grinding hard. And I got to 65,000. This guy's at like a million too. And it was unfathomable. This, this mystical creature that was still selling all all of these these knives at the time and so all i heard about this guy is that he looked like tom brady and he had just as much money as tom brady at the time and so i was like i was like i got i got i got to meet this guy eventually so, so i was kind of in awe about, about this this guy john rulin for you know this again this 10 12 years ago so finally i meet him and i'm like wow how did you even do this like what what is going on and we you know we met briefly and i and i was kind of like almost starstruck at the time and john probably doesn't remember it. i remember it vividly that's kind of how it works right yeah. um and so, and so,
2: wasn't it in arizona when we met or what which conference was it
1: we no we met i think we met in uh it was a california conference i think that we had that we met okay. at I, it was some some big like national conference or I don't know, something like that so i got to be face to face with them and and so The reason I'm telling you this story is because right around that time is when he had figured something else out that everyone else in our organization had not figured out, and that was kind of the basis for his whole program that exists today, but 10 years ago, he was already kind of building it and starting on this this unique process and, and system and a lot of it we heard, how is he selling these? Cause I'm, I'm seeing moms in their homes, like one-on-one, how is he doing it? And he's, he's doing something called gifting or I don't know, corporate gifts or so. That's all we knew. (laughs) Yeah. So John, tell us a little bit, take us back. What were you figuring out at that time that was kind of different than what everyone else was doing? And how, how did that kind of come about and give us a little bit of history on that?
2: Yeah. Well, what I'd say is that whether you're in real estate, whether you're a pro sports team, whether you're financial services, whether you make widgets, nobody really cares about gifts. They really care even less about knives. Uh, so if you called up somebody, you know, and I, I, I interned with a company, you know, Cutco, the same company that you worked with, you know, 20 years ago, and really a lot of what I teach even to this day, whether it's to Google or whether it's to, you know, small investment funds or financial advisors, I learned early on, when I pitched my girlfriend's dad knives, he was an attorney, he was a rainmaker, he was a referral machine, he could raise money. He owned real estate, he owned oil wells and banks. And I grew up a farm kid. I grew up on a farm in Ohio, milking goats, one of six kids, like one acre garden, like crazy, like lower middle income. And when you grow up poor, you notice when people are generous. Like Paul, with this attorney was like always giving things away. Like he'd find a deal on noodles, he'd buy like a semi load and everybody at church the next Sunday would walk away with like 200 cases of noodles, I'm like, Paul, I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, that was like 40 G's. You just dropped like out of nowhere. I'm like, why? I don't, I don't get it. Why? And he's like, didn't you see their smiles? So it wasn't a tactical thing, but Paul was the master relationship builder. So I remember working up the courage. I pitched Paul the idea of giving away, I thought all of his clients were men, they're CEOs of companies, you know, they're affluent people and they're into the outdoors. Maybe they'll have mercy on me and order a bunch of Cupco's pocket knives and hunting knives they're like you know 100 200 knives not like from china these are real knives and uh he changed my life forever he said john i don't want to order pocket knives gotta order a hundred of the paring knives i'm like you want to order a hundred hundred dollar paring knives?" like that's weird why like these are all dudes like i'm, I'm like this country bumpkin kid like about gotta <laughs> show the big as it gets like why you want to give a kitchen tool to a guy and he's changed my life forever he said john the reason I have more referrals, the reason I can raise money, the reason I can get access, the reason I can do deals is I found out a simple truth 40 years ago. And that's if you take care of the family and business, everything else takes care of itself. So, as a 20 year old, I looked at Paul, who was 60, and I'm like, I want to be Paul someday. I want to be successful. I want to have relationships. I want people to take my phone call. I want to be like, I want to be generous. I want to be able to contribute to my community and church, all these things. So, I got 40 years to get there. So, I started to mimic what I saw in Paul. So I started to get, I would, I would never call somebody and say, hey, I wanna sell you knives. I would say, I would send somebody a two, three, four, $500 gift with their CEO's name, the wife's name, husband's name, whatever. And I'd put, carve out five minutes for me. I promise it be worth your time. Handwritten note, all that. And I'd get meetings with like $200 million companies. And they would be like, I'd walk into the boardroom wearing the one suit I have on. And uh, I'm nervous because I'm 21, 22 years old. And I walk in, the CEO walks in, he's like in his 60s. And he's like, are you here to, like the John Rulon that sent me the knives? I'm like, yes, sir. He said, I thought you'd be like some seasoned sales executive, like in their 50s. Like, I'm really confused. Are you here to sell me knives? I said, no, sir, I'm here to help you and your 1,000 sales reps do exactly what I did to you, to your top 10,000 relationships. So the, the numbers you were seeing at, you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, I was basically using these knives as the delivery vehicle for emotion because at the end of the day like we all do business with people that we like trust and are top of mind like that's the trifecta most people suck at all three of them they do the same dinners and ball games that everybody does or they send out you know hey you're a million dollar investor here's a bar of chocolate with our logo on it like it, it's the like really like that's the way you and it, expect- and it can
1: have it can have the reverse effect too right like they're they're sending you some a, a bar of chocolate. You spent, uh, you know, a couple hundred grand with a client, and then they send you a bar of chocolate. You're like, and you, but you can't do. say anything, right? Like you can't, you can't, yeah. you can't. You yeah. Not going to say, bad. oh, I hated that, and I'm offended.
2: <laughs> you feel, you feel guilty because you feel like, because you, you're like, really, somebody like think that's what the value they place on the relationship with me. Like some like box of brownies or some Amazon gift card. Go buy your own gift. Like here's a bottle of wine, and you don't even drink. Here's a a bottle of wine that costs $50 and your daily drinker is $150. Like, but most people don't understand that in relationship building, it's like going to a restaurant. I don't care if somebody took 12 hours to make the best lobster bisque in the world. If they bring it out and there's a fly in it, like it doesn't matter that you spent 12 hours making this amazing lobster bisque. All people see is the fly. And in relationship building, it doesn't matter that like wow. yes, you get a, a, an internal rate of return of this and whatever else. All of that they take as table stakes. Those are like ex- expectations. If you want to get more referrals, if you want to get more deals, if you want to take an investor from a hundred grand to five hundred grand, you have to make them feel something in an intangible way. Because people say, "John, this gifts don't work. It's stupid. Why would you do that?" And I'm like, "Have you ever had like tell that to your wife? Like, oh, the gifts don't matter." that's not true. Like when you show up for somebody powerfully and do something really thoughtful, really engaging, really personal, the other person like that relationship tends to flourish because somebody else feels seen. Even billionaires want to be respected and feel like their life has mattered. And and so many people think, oh, it's just about the numbers. Yes, we we have logic, but we make decisions emotionally first and then we justify logically afterwards. And yet most guys are so linear Like, check the box, do the thing at Christmas. I'm like, that's the dumbest time to send a gift on the planet. You want to send it with 50 other people competing with their time and their conference tables ready to collapse? No, show up for your wife or show up for your client or your investor on a random Tuesday in the middle of March, and it'll mean a thousand times more. So a lot of the things that we teach, people are like, is it really about gifting? I'm like, no, gifting is like that's the mechanism. It's relationship building. And we, every business rises and falls on relationships. And that's where we learned, like, we weren't a knife company. We weren't even a gifting company. Like, the way we've gotten access to Google and the Chicago Cubs and places a farm kid never would ever deserves to be. Like, one of my biggest referral sources is Cameron Harold. He's one of the top business coaches in the world. Like, he coaches, like, the Sheikh of Qatar in their 300 companies. And a lot of people pay him twenty grand a month just to coach them. We got access to him at an EO event, and I wanted him to be a mentor, a referral source. I knew he could send me like massive deals, but I wanted his mentoring. I wanted his. I wanted the relationship. And so, like a lot of people, they're like, "Hey, let's go to dinner in a ball game." That's what I invited them to because that—that's that's I had. Cavs tickets at the time and uh, lower level. And his response was like everybody else's internally, except he actually said it. He's like, I, don't, I guess I don't have anything else going on. I guess I'll go to your game, and I'm like, well, that's not going to woo him. Like, obviously, like he doesn't give two rips about the ball game or the Morton's dinner. And most clients that you're inviting out to dinner or ball games, whatever else, like they'll say yes, but are they blown away? No, because they everybody's offering the same kind of you know business development, entertaining type things. So, long story short, is I found out he loved Brooks Brothers, and when he was coming into Cleveland. He wasn't going to have time to go shop at Brooks Brothers. He's from Canada. I outfitted his whole hotel room with $7,000 of Brooks Brothers clothes, all in his size. Every, all the jackets, all the suits, all the pants, belts, shoes, everything. And when he came down from his room and saw that, his eyes were about this big. He said, John, whatever you want to talk about, for as long as you want to talk about, I've never had anybody make me feel this way. After that, I continued for 10 years to send him gifts every quarter. I built him a $10,000 Cutco knife set. I built them like wine tools. I invested probably 25 grand in that relationship. And here's the kicker. People are like, John, why would you keep giving them gifts? You didn't have to. You already had them after the Brooks Brothers thing. I'm like, when you show up with people when you want to, not because you have to, that's when it means the most. The return on relationship with that relationship has been multi-seven figures. Invest 25 grand, multi-seven figures. I'm not a mathematician, but that's like over a 50X. You know, like you think you get a 2X or a 3X on Facebook, it can never compete with a relationship. It can never compete right. with the right people being invested into. And so when people are like, oh, John, you're, oh, the gifting thing, that's kind of cute. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea. Like the reason we're getting, you know, close to six figure speaking fees as a farm kid is because we've been able to invest in relationships and they go out and become our salespeople. And I get access to deals and opportunities I never should have access to all based upon the same principle of this giftology of of investing in people. And so simple concept, but most people, you know, they might do it once, but very few people do this consistently.
1: So you figured this out years ago, you figured this out when when we were seeing you on those leaderboards, you had already figured this out. And that's what was going on at that time where you were just crushing me and the rest of the country. (laughs) You were like the number one number one guy the whole time. And you had already figured this out. L- um, element.
2: I mean, not yeah. all of it. I mean, every day I'm learning from my clients and from our team and from like, we're always refining and, and, and polishing. But it, yeah, I mean, what I teach today and get paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to teach a lot of the core principles I learned when I was 21 years old, the order has shifted the timing, the credibility of, you know, when you have the giftology book, you have, you know, endorsements from, you know, Martha Stewart's assistant and like crazy people like that, all of a sudden people now are willing to add zeros to what they're paying you. But the core principles of what I'm teaching, you know, I was begging to speak for free. I'm still teaching like some of the same things that nobody wanted to listen to. Back then, Cutco people wanted to listen because they looked at the scoreboard and they're like, how is he laughing (laughs) a hundred times? And it was because I was going out. I, I wasn't a fair competition. I was bringing like An atomic bomb to a sword fight like you know like when you go and sell a thousand sets of knives to one person you can't go see enough mrs joneses to go like compete with that because i was using it and i still to this day people like the new york times two years ago was like john what's the hot new sexy gift i said you really want to know they said yeah i said the stupid knives and they laughed. They thought I was joking. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was your college. They went, no, seriously, what is it? I said, we sell millions of dollars in knives till the, to this day. They're like, really? I'm like, well, last time I checked, whether you're 25 or 85, you still cook. With COVID, you cook 10,000% more. You know, like most people have sucky knives. They have a beautiful half a million dollar kitchen. You've seen them over and over again. People have the set that they got when they were married. And it really it's not even the knives, like the gift we did for Tony Robbins, a client wanted to take care of Tony and Sage. And I said, Pete, we got to do knives. And he's like, really? For Tony? And I said, well, check this out. We're going to take five, $6,000 knife set every knife, all 40 knives are going to have quotes of his wisdom that we cultivated over 40 years. So it's going to be an artifact, an instant heirloom, a daily reminder for him and his grandkids someday of what the wisdom that he and the impact that he had and then we put it inside a $2,500 strong wood it's called a strong box has a video screen and tony you know like he could go buy a million knife sets who cares but when sage his wife saw what was carved into all the blades and then saw the video of the client speaking and saying this is what you've done in the world this is the impact you had on me and millions of people she came she called like basically crying gushing like this is one of the most thoughtful gifts ever. It wasn't about the knives. I could take that same knife set. I could send it to Oprah. I could send it to a, a billionaire. But it's the personalization of it. It's the handwritten note the video. It's the timing. It's the messaging behind it that makes it land at this deep, visceral, emotional level. So many times people get caught up like, oh, I did the knife thing. It doesn't work. And I'm like, did you follow the recipe? And they're like, what do you mean? I said, well, if you bake bread 100,000 times, but every time you don't put yeast in, guess what you don't get? You don't get freaking bread. One ingredient wrong changes everything. So, so many times people say they're, oh, we did the gifting thing. I'm like, did you follow the recipe to a T? Don't, don't you don't have to outsource it to us to do that, but most people will cut corners. They'll like, they, they won't do the handwritten note or they won't do the engraving. They won't do the personalization. They won't do the timing right. They won't include the spouse. All of those things are all part of what makes it work. It's not the item. The widget is, is like, they can go buy their own widget. It's the it's system. Button. It's the system. So, you know, if your audience, like literally what took us 20 years to perfect your team, your audience, your tribe can go download our entire system. Now, if you don't follow the system, don't expect it to work the same way. But the timing, personalization, how much you should budget, go to giftologysystem.com. They can go download our entire playbook for free. I mean, you don't even have to go buy giftology giftology book. But what I'd say is that like doing one artifact or one gift really well is not difficult. Like anybody could do that for their spouse. But if you want to scale thoughtfulness, if you want to do this for 50 or 500 or 5,000 relationships, that's where people come back to us. and like, John, this is hard. I had somebody reach out the other day. They're like, we've been doing these wow boxes, $400 to $800 boxes for the last four years. I have four people full-time. That's all they do is their packaging and, and sourcing. I'm like, it's hard to play Santa Claus year round. Not for one person, but if you have hundreds of people to take care of, that's where, you know, outsourcing it to an agency that can make sure that the heavy lifting is done. But the principles themselves, like I've had people reach out and say, John, my marriage is better. I took your book and now I'm treating my wife or my husband differently because I'm really applying what you taught for business relationships. It still works with you like personal relationships because it's humans. It's human to human, whether you sell widgets or sell real estate or you know, build houses, like we're all just human beings. I think a lot of people have forgotten that in 2021, more than ever, like digital's cool and scaling's cool, but it's still that human-to-human relationship that, that people crave and want. And that's where people are willing to, you know, write the big checks if they feel treated like a human and they, they like trust and top of mind. If you nail those three, magical things start to happen.
1: There's like, there's like a certain, I don't know, I always feel like it's like tipping over into a certain level of relationship. When you finally get over this hump and and you know that person's going to take your call regardless, you know, they'll, they'll text you back regardless because they just have this warm feeling around the relationship between you and you get a lot of access that way. And a lot of, a lot of great things that are, that you're kind of hacking the system almost by coming in in this, in this way. And it's such an incredible phenomenon. I mean, I, started testing it just, you know, here and there, and, it, and you, you, you see the results from it. And it's just absolutely incredible what, you, what you've discovered. And then to take it even even deeper level, create a system around it. So how, how much should people typically be, you know, allocating for this type of stuff? Like within your system, what do you, what do you recommend that they allocate towards gifting to, to get to their key relationships?
2: Yeah, most people's gifting budget is pathetic. Like it's embarrassing. Like, like, hey! Last year we spent three grand on brownies, and I'm like,
1: you right. can spend three yeah. grand on
2: dinner for like six people, and that was your entire budget to show gratitude and appreciation to your most valuable mm-hmm. relationships. Like, I'll spend more on my wife in a year than you're spending company wide for like 200 people, 200 relationships. Like, this is like, so what they need to do is it. Like, people oftentimes like, oh, John, like you're just being extravagant, or they're like, oh, gifting like. You know, like they don't understand that it's not a woo woo thing. Like this is a, if, if you follow it consistently year after year and follow the the math equation that we've set up, it's a reinvestment strategy, really five to 15% of your net profits should be reinvested back into your relationships, your centers of influence, your clients, your employees, you know, 15 is on the high end. Five is really low. 10 is kind of about average and people are like 10% of net, like, but I made a million dollars last year. And I'm like. How did you make a million dollars? You made it because of these relationships. So you're going to take a sliver, 10% of the million. That's 100 grand. You get to keep 900 grand. They're buying their own gifts. The people who gave you a million dollars are buying their own gifts. But if you do it well, here's the cool thing you reinvest that 100 grand back into them. They should be, over time, sending you more referrals, more deals, more people like them, more opportunities, more engagement, more loyalty. So that 100 grand goes into them. And over time, like Cameron, this, this is the principle. 25 grand invested equals a 50X ROI. Where else can you get that? Your best client should become your, your salespeople. Like Cameron, you know, who coaches CEOs, I couldn't hire him if I gave him $2 million a year. He wouldn't become a full-time sales rep. He actually sells better than a $2 million sales rep by going out and just opening doors because he's inspired to, not because he has to. I don't give him a cut he's doing it because he wants to see me win because of the relationship. And so when you start saying reinvesting 10% of your net profits, I don't care what your revenue is. Something you're like, oh, in mortgages, we did $20 billion in, in origination. I'm like, great, what was your net? Oh, it was only, it was 20 million. Okay, that's, let's work with that number. So it, it's a reinvestment strategy and over time, like if you did this for three years, you're a million dollars in net that you reinvested 100 grand over time, that's 300 grand. You should be eventually doing $2 million. So it should pay for itself and then some. And oftentimes it comes back 5X, 10X, 20X, but not if you, like most people will do this for like six months. They'll go go from being like Ebenezer Scrooge to Daddy Warbucks, they'll start, you know, doing these gifts and then they don't, they're like, they send the gift and then they ask for the referral immediately. And it's like Gary Vaynerchuk, who we were just on his show, you know, like his book is called Jab, 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 Right Hook, which really means give, 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 then you earn the right to ask. Most people give, then ask, give, then get. That's not how, like, that's not a gift. That's a manipulation. You give a gift and then ask for a referral or you only give gifts after referrals and you say you're in the the relationship business. No, you're not. You're in the tit for tat transaction business. You give me a referral. Here's your $500 bottle of wine. Is that like when you're dealing with affluent people, that's not how you inspire them. They didn't give you the referral because they they were getting some carrot and stick. They gave you the referral because they thought you could help their friend and they would look cool being taken care of, taking care of their friend and, and making connecting the dots. So people don't understand the idea of when you give a gift and how you give a gift and even like the transactional type stuff, like if you can take and reinvest 10% of your net and make it a math equation and commit, we won't take on a client unless they commit for three years. Because the last thing you would do is show up generous and then go back to being stingy. You'll actually like, people will be like, oh, that was just a tactic. They're not generous. They're not kind. They're not thoughtful. Right. They were trying to manipulate. They were just trying to like do this tactical thing. And that's what I learned early on from Paul. The people who crush it at this are the Gary V's who don't keep score. They do it and they're playing, like everybody says they're playing the long game, but they're playing the long game in days, not decades. The long game is a marathon. It's, I want to be in business for another 20, 40, 60, 80 years. If you're going to invest that way, then you don't keep score. There's things we're doing for people all the time where it comes back to us. And I saw this with Paul, my original mentor, where CET had planted 27 years ago. All of a sudden that person inherited money or a piece of real estate, and they remember who took care of them before they had a dime to their name. It was Paul. Who's the first phone call that they made to do their estate or to do the transfer or to set up the trust? It was always Paul. Why? Because he was planting seeds and planting these acorns and they turned into oak trees. But it took, might take 27 years. And so most people aren't willing to engage in that level of game playing at that level of chess. They so want wait, to do- wait, wait, wait. Okay.
1: John, you're, you're going to give people gifts for 27 years? you're playing the long game, the long game. How, so is there any point in the process where you're like, man, this has been going on for a long time or is it, is it just, no, this, this is just how it works. You have to, you have to just keep going and things will well, come I from mean, it. A long way. Me, I,
2: like you, like for somebody, you might do something nice for somebody and it, whether it's a gift or a referral or open door or whatever else, the focus of your, let's say you're doing like the million dollar example or a hundred, like, you made a hundred grand, you invest 10%, that's 10 grand. You're investing yeah. that into that are already more market people that you already are working with at some level most people will do anything to get a prospect a whale prospect in the door and you see it even with big companies that are like dangling these things like direct tv they'll treat the people that aren't even a client way better than the people who have been paying them for the last 17 years that's stupid like that's dumb (laughs) you should be taking care of the people that you already have really well versus only going and Wining and dining and, and then and really it's the same way that we do relationships we like do anything to get uh, you know to wine and dine and and marry somebody and then as soon as they're like we're married we stop dating them we stop wooing them that's a recipe for disaster you know like totally. in business it's the same way it's like you'll do anything to get the client and then as soon as they're in the door it's like oh I'll take you for granted that's when you double down and show up more not less and so, yes, you might invest in somebody for 27 years, but that person that you're investing for 27 years probably was an investor or a client or employee, somebody that was already giving you money and you're going to show up for them for 27 years. But there are times where you might just show up for somebody and do something nice. Like I meet people on airplanes, I'll send them a $500 gift and they're like, it, it, you know, might be a billionaire or somebody crazy. And I'm not asking for anything, but they gave me like 30 minutes of their time. And I, and I right. can't tell you how many like conversations and, and doors that open up where that person then moves to another company. And now they're like, John, we need a speaker.
1: Or even in that 30 minute time, you learned one thing that now puts you on a different trajectory and the way you think about the world, even, yeah. even on that level, that was worth it. Right. And that happens all the time when you get in contact with those people. Right. And so, yeah.
2: It, well, what's what's an hour of their time worth? some of these people is thousands or tens of thousands of dollars or even hundreds. So you send them a $500 gift and their time's worth $10,000 an hour. They spent 30 minutes with you. I mean, they should send you an invoice for five grand. Like the most valuable asset for an affluent person, especially is their time. That's an asset that they can always make more money. They can always like, but you can't make more time. So if you take even five minutes of somebody's time and don't honor them for that time, Not signing the deal, not investing. If an investor gives you 30 minutes of time, like that is like an investment. They gave you, they actually like if you saw like that show up in cash, you'd be like, wow, I just cost them a lot of money. I better, I better bring value, I better like bring something to the table. So so it's too many times people don't understand the transactional value of time. And to me, like that's a great, like because the bar is so low, when I would meet with somebody, early mentors that guys that were running hundred million dollar companies. And I would send them a $300 knife set, a couple knives engraved with their name saying thanks for carving out time, really value, really appreciate it. Everybody says they appreciate your time, but to me, like, gratitude is an action, it's a doing, it's putting your money where your mouth is. So many people are like, oh, I'm so appreciative of your time. Great, show me. Like, do something that shows me that you're different than everybody else that's appreciating me for my time. Handwrite the note, take the time to send the gift. Like, those are the things that Paul, my original mentor, did really, really well. And I saw the fruits of showing up for people generously, not because he had to, but because he wanted to. And he would do those sorts of things just, I mean, he would go to the pizza shop and see a bunch of people he loved. Half the people he didn't even know, he'd just pick up the tab. It was like a grant because he just loved doing that and showing up for people. And because of that, it created ripples that I just saw them, like, come back in these, like, I mean, he was like a Jedi, man. It was like, but it was who he was. It wasn't like, and I've tried to give him credit in the book. You know, I try to give him credit and and I've sent him gifts and he's like, John, I just cracked the door open. You did all the work. I'm like, Paul, like you showed me the playbook. You gave me the social capital. You gave me the, like, nobody believes my my family, my mom, I remember when I signed up to sell knives, she's like, John, none of our friends can afford these knives. Who are you going to sell to? That was her pep talk. (laughs) She's like, like you know, she grew up one of 13 kids. I got 65 first cousins. They're all like farmers and conservative. And, but Paul, I saw like Paul's belief in me and what I was doing, but for him, like that's just, it was a way of life. And I think the people, the leaders that dominate with this, that really resonate with this, whether from a core value or from a faith perspective are the ones that win, because they're not doing it just as a tactical, like give to get. They really, they really are generous and givers. And You look at the companies that are crushing other competitors, even in the Fortune 500, like Southwest Airlines. What's their logo? It's love. You look at like a Starbucks. They're all about love and taking care of people. You look at Chick-fil-A. They do 10 times more than everybody else. What do they lead with? They're closed on Sundays, the most valuable day of the year, or the, the, the week to sell food, but they love people. They show up differently for people. And because of that, like they reap. They crush McDonald's. They crush Subway. They crush everybody. I don't own the corner or the, you know, on kindness, like we're just taking an element of it and showing people how there is could be a a, a scalable thoughtfulness or a scalable strategy to this in any sort of business that involves human-to-human very valuable relationships.
0: So I'm really excited about our mentoring program because of the results that we're achieving for our students. It's really the only program out there that guarantees results, meaning that we can guarantee you're going to do your first deal in the first 12 months. And uh, no one else does that. And we can do that because we have figured out the blueprint to getting people to do their first deal. So if you value mentorship and you feel like you can accelerate your goals allow you to scale bigger and avoid the expensive mistakes, then check out our mentoring program. It's at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. You can schedule a call with us there, a strategy session and see if mentoring is right for you. That's themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor.
1: I got to know, when was this like, you got some crazy result from this that just blew you away? I know we know the Brooks Brothers story is, is unbelievable. I thought that that's absolutely incredible. Is there any other time where you were like, Wow, this holy this crap. is crazy! What I just got myself into, yeah, holy crap! Yeah,
2: well, I mean, <laughs> getting, getting on to the Vaynerchuk show was a cool. I've been I've been building relationships.
1: Congratulations on that! That's yeah, unbelievable. it was crazy.
2: Yeah, I've been wanting to do that for like That's five cool. years ever since the book came out, but I never asked him directly. I we hired him to speak. we had done different things with him, but it was really a see. Like, I built relationships with the people around him, and one of the the gifts that was given. I used to make fun of mugs being the worst gift on the planet, and then we found. This artist made a thousand dollar mug for me and one for my wife. The reason a thousand bucks is carved into them is my whole life story, core values, faith, tragedy, overcome, all that kind of stuff. It's like a, a lifetime achievement award. So we started partnering with these guys. They're called Artifact Mug. And I've sent I, I give them on YPO stages to billionaires as a surprise. And like the whole audience is crying, these billionaires crying, because it's like his life story legacy carved into a piece of practical functional art. With uh, Gary's CMO, Andrea, uh, we ended up comping one for her to give to her husband, and she gave it to him, and he, like, melted. Like, he's an executive for Nickelodeon, just a sweetheart of a guy. He was just blown away. And, you know, a week later, a slot opened up on Gary's show. Uh, somebody canceled, and she texted me. She's like, I think you need to be on the show. I didn't ask to be on the show. She It was, like, her idea, and I'm like, that's not really – the, the topic was like media buying in 2021. I'm like I'm not really like, I guess media being gifting is like, I do a lot of that kind of buying, but not like these are all Fortune 500 demos <laughs> of like Hyundai and Delta Airlines. If you look at the list, Peloton, I'm like the black sheep. But the interview ended up going amazing because I was able to engage Gary in, in the topic of kindness and, and playing the long game and showing up for people and how to take care of micro influencers or whatever else. But that whole thing came from a stupid $1,000 mug. I had another client, this is going back probably seven years ago, I went to a mastermind, it's like 25 grand, I meet this guy, John Bowen, who had been in private equity, and he owned the largest coaching company for financial advisors, all of his clients were seven-figure earners, probably 220 of them, and uh, I I met him, I'm like, hey, we own a gifting agency, we can outsource your gifts, and his response was, oh, that's kind of cute, like, gifting, huh, he's like, I don't think that would really work in our world, and so I ended up sending him some gifts. Included his wife, and uh, he called me six months later. He said, John, I thought your gifting thing was cute. You know, we met, you're really nice, spent an hour together, but I didn't think it was a fit. Then he started sending some things, and I kind of lost track of it. And then my wife, Jan, before we went to bed three months ago, said, Hey, have you done anything with John Rulin lately? And he's like, I thought that was just an anomaly. But then three weeks later, she brought your name up again, and then again, she's like, like, I feel like I'm sleeping with your sales rep. He's like, my wife, Jan, has never met you, and all, could, all she can talk about is John Rulon, how thoughtful he is in these knives and these leather bags. and So he's like, would this work for us? I said, if you follow the recipe, and he fought me the whole way because he's like, I got 220 guys, seven figures. 99% of them are married you know, dudes, middle-aged dudes, and we did knives. I said, we're going to send knives. We're going to send them ahead of time. He's like, why can't we just hand them out at the event? I'm like, the timing matters. I said, you gotta, we got to have spouses' names. He's like, I don't have spouses' names. I'm like, if you don't get the spouses' names, the deal's off. And we went through this whole dog and pony show. Eventually, we, all the knives went out to everybody. And at the end of the event, he'd been doing the same event for five years, the same Hyatt Regency outside of San Francisco, same food, different speakers, but essentially the exact same blueprint. The only thing different was he followed the giftology system. That was it. At the end of the survey, he asked for referrals. A referral to him is worth 25 to 50 grand a year for like five years. It's a pretty sizable coaching arrangement. And he said, John, I triple checked the numbers. My CFO, everybody, he said, you know, a five percent bump in referrals would be a big deal for us. Like, that's a lot. He said the referrals went up over any year in five years, 107%. 107% over some stupid knives. Even a can do a thousand, but it made even if it was a thousand dollar gift, which it was, it was like a three, four hundred dollar gift. He's like it would it it dwarfed anything they could have ever done. Like, and here's why: it wasn't about the stupid gift. It was how it made that person feel related to their spouse and related to the organization. And now, instead of, I don't know anybody to refer, now they're looking for the opportunity to want to reciprocate and send business because it wasn't tied to a deal. It wasn't tied to a referral. It was tied to the relationship. So, so many times people push back, like, what's the real numbers? I'm like, well, real numbers, like, do you have a sucky business? Do you have a sucky service? Do you have sucky returns? Do you have a sucky product? The gifting isn't going to save you. But if you do everything else well, then it's like the little cherry on top of the Sunday. It's the little surprise. It's like going to the Ritz-Carlton and spending $1,000 a night. But they remember that you like this specific kind of gin. And they have it waiting for you with your favorite kind of mixer and your wife's favorite kind of chocolate when you check in. And the temperature is exactly where you like it. You're spending $1,000 a night, but all you're going to talk about all your wife's going to talk about is they they went and sourced this certain kind of French chocolate that they don't even keep on property. But because it was us of the relationship and how much they valued it, that was waiting. What did it cost them? Five bucks on a thousand dollar night hotel tab. But all you talk about is the is the five dollar chocolate. That's
1: what you and, and remember that. A simple thing even this and this is way even lower than that but like the airline stewardess like remembers my name and I'm like I remember that I'm like that was cool and, and then take that up a notch even further where it's like that little cherry on top of the whole th- I mean it's it's just incredible how that this kind of pierces into you know relationships and how, and how you form them it's really incredible so the, the other thing is that this is good for like you mentioned a little little bit before, but I just want to be clear. So it's good for like referrals quite a bit, which is extremely valuable. So that that's like one way you can utilize this, and and you know it's, it makes it that much easier for people to warm up. Uh, you know, definitely in, in our industry, you know, think about it. We're we're asking people, how, typically high net worth individuals, to give you know fifty hundred k, you know, sometimes up to you know half a million dollars for these real estate investments, and You know that they know other people that would like the same thing, but maybe they're you know it's their their mom or their brother or somebody, and they're you know opening that door is maybe tough. You have to build that kind of trust somehow, and so you know this is this seems like a really good way to kind of get into that, and that's and and I'll just disclose that's why we've signed up with you guys, and we're really excited to work with you guys on our on our gifting, and this translates extremely well to uh, our audience and people that are out there either uh, you know raising passive uh, investments for the real estate deals or just or people that are already passive investors and looking to enhance their personal relationships and so that's that's why we had you on the show is where we we just saw that parallel as being something so real and usable to our audience I mean our our audience is always looking for better ways to to you know they have these incredible investments which are apartment complexes yeah and a lot of them struggle maybe with raising the capital that they need, or you know they that's a challenge and this is this is just another tool that you guys can use that in this incredible system that that John has figured out and the reason I started out ten years ago, and i want I want you guys to understand this has been crafted and and honed over this you know fifteen year period to get it to where it is now, or it is like incredible this system I'm, I'm just it's all laid out in, in a certain way where you're just like wow I, I see how this works and we almost made this this terrible mistake when we were trying to come up with an investor program where we were gifting people like right after we buy something well guess what they think right that oh I just bought my own gift <laughs> so, yeah. so when we started talking to John we're like we got to rethink this whole program or that maybe we don't even do this anymore.
2: <laughs> like no. we
1: gotta, we're doing it all wrong. And, and most people are not good at gifting. Think about it. How many really good gifts do you get in a year? And is it really, you know, it, it just, it's very few and far between. So this is really such a, a cool thing that is totally applicable to everything that our audience, all the stuff that we talk about, just a really cool thing that we found. So, John, what are you excited about right now? Like what, what's going on in your world that makes you excited? I, I just want to know.
2: Yeah. Well, I would say I got four girls at home that uh, are 10, 8, 5, and 1. So my hands are full um, Oh yeah. In, in multiple ways there. Uh, we're spending some time checking out some new cities. Uh, we've been in Austin hanging out with one of my best friends in the world, Hot rod and his wife, Ursula, and, John Broman and some some great guys. Actually, a lot of my closest friends, you know, we all kind of like you screw up and cut go together now uh, off doing other amazing things. We've been courting a, a relationship for about three years now with Gary Chapman, who wrote The Five Love Languages. Uh, that book is oh, wow. 22 million copies. He just endorsed yeah. the apology. Uh, him and his wife have been married like 56 years and she loved the book. She's like, so she nudged him to, to, to endorse it. The hope is to write The Five Love Languages for business with them. And we're going to have a podcast that that will come out in the next six months. We have too many people, too many good relationships with, you know, the Gary V's of the world. That's like, why would I not go take time to talk about, you know, generosity with these leaders? Like, this is like a a no brainer. So there's no shortage of, of opportunities and fun things that are going on even, you know, during a pandemic. If anything, like the pandemic has accelerated and helped us uh, with kind of the conversations of teaching YPO guys and EO guys and Vistage and others, you know, how to build relationships from afar. Like a lot of people, I think, got lazy of like just doing the dinners and the ball games and the hunting trips and fishing trips. And none of that's wrong, but they're all kind of table stake type stuff. Now all that's got kind of cut down. No conferences. Like, how do you engage people from afar? So a lot of our language, even though we were teaching it for 20 years, has shifted into high gear of saying, like, this is a, a real opportunity. We're starting to get advisory shares to, to advise other gifting companies. We're not going to be the only player in the space. There's going to be other types of companies. So starting to invest in other companies and take on investment, you know, advisory shares from some of those companies, which is kind of cool. Like to have some of these people, like we just had a meeting yesterday with with 15 other authors and collectively those authors sold over 25 million books. It's all people that like a decade ago were like unfathomable like people and I was one of the three people that aggregated and brought the group together to learn from each other. Don Yeager, I invited in and and he's written 30 books, 11 of them, New York Times bestsellers. So I'm getting the opportunity to learn and, and have as you can call it peers that like we're peers in some ways and other ways, like, I don't think I'm ever going to have, I don't have a goal to have 11 New York Times (laughs) bestselling books, but we're getting to run with and help. And, and I think because our, our lane is so narrow of like, people want us to speak on leadership or marketing. I'm like, no, like if you want to use gratitude and generosity as a, as a marketing tool, as a relationship building tool, then we're your guide to speak, to consult, to help. But we've gone really, really focused into this lane. And I think because of it, we're the, we're in a blue ocean right now. We don't have to compete with, you know, we're not talking about social media. I'm not trying to be, you know, an influencer. I'm trying to run a business and leverage right. media as part of that. So so that's some of the stuff that that's got me uh, that's got me fired up. Eventually, you know, we'll buy a house in one of these two cities, have a small little homestead. I'm a farm kid, so I want goats and horses and <laughs> some of the stuff that I grew up with that I thought I'd never want. But it's funny how life, the um,
1: nostalgic stuff, nostalgic yeah.
2: stuff pulls you back in.
1: <laughs> I love it, man. Well, John, thank you so much uh, for coming on our show. What's the best way that people can get in touch with you if they want to check out your your really unique system on gifting?
2: Well, I'd say Giftology Systems, the download. Uh, if they go to Giftology Group, that's our website. They can email me personally. I'm not gonna be the one talking strategy or you know, necessarily or sending gifts for you, but I'll connect you to our team of giftologists. But John at Giftology Group is my personal email address. Uh, you can reach out and I can connect you to the team uh, on the agency side or on the speaking side if that's something that somebody's interested in. But, uh, but those are the places.
1: Awesome. John, thanks so much for being on our show. I'm sure this resonated with with a ton of people and uh, it's truly a a unique and incredible thing that you've created. And uh, it's been really great to connect with you again. So
2: yeah, man, this has been a blast. Thanks for having me here.
1: Thanks so much, man. What an awesome interview that was, Michael. I really resonated with a lot of what John was saying and I'm, I'm glad we kind of got to deep dive into what makes gifting so powerful.
0: Yeah, but it's so counterintuitive too. I mean, like we talked about the stuff that he's talking about, is just not, no one does this kind of stuff. And in fact, uh, after we had our first call with, with John, I got a box in the, in, in the, in the mail, right? And, and I was like, open it up and it was a, a mystery content. And like he put his book in there, you know, in a crazy, like really high-end leather bag. Like it was worth more than the book itself. And then he sent us some knives from Kutka, which are high-end knives. And they were actually engraved, like with with you know words of wisdom and and nighthawk and stuff like that. And it was in a super nice, like black box with like a beautiful red like thing inside of it. And you know now we use those knives. In fact, we're hanging out at the beach here in, on the panhandle in Florida, and we brought those knives down because because the knives, of course, in an Airbnb always suck. So we brought our own. And so now every time I look at that, I think of John. I can't not think of John Garrett. It's awful.
1: <laughs> you know and and the crazy thing is now you're going to have you're going to use those for probably forever and they get more valuable over time right and so that relationship just has more value to it because he just created an artifact that you're likely going to hang on to forever which I think is is super cool yeah, I and mean, it's
0: impressive i I'm, I'm sure the thing cost him like 250 bucks you know to put the whole thing together and it is probably maybe a little bit more than the average person might think about, but he's not doing it for every single person. And and for our investors, Gary, what we want to do is we want to recognize maybe our top, I don't know, 25 investors, okay? These are people who we know from conversations are, are high net worth individuals and they can invest a lot more They have very influential friends who they might be able to bring. So why don't we take, you know, 25 of our, or maybe even prospective people who we've had conversations with, they haven't invested yet for whatever reason, and we want to cultivate that relationship. So how are we going to apply what John taught about on the podcast and in the book to our investor relations?
1: Yeah. So, well, easiest, we're we're probably just going to sign up with them, but... Scaling, scaling thoughtfulness, like John mentioned, is, is the tougher part, right? So you have to put a little bit of thought behind it. What's gonna, what's gonna make these people really uh, raving fans, and and what kind of artifacts can you really create for them? And knowing them on a personal level, you know, I think they they do a really good job of. It's it's one thing to do this and for a handful of people, and I think it's another thing we're doing it for twenty five or more. And so, you know, we're kind of on that train, but we're very excited to have shifted away from giving people coins. That we thought we're going to to do something uh, into actual thoughtful gifts, because it's really about, like John said, about the emotion that's tied to the gift, not the gift itself. And so we want to create that kind of emotion in building that lasting relationship. And, and these things are sometimes creating a 50 X return. I mean... How can you not pay attention to that?
0: Well, for example, we studied our last few deals. And so there's a value. There's actually a business case behind marketing for investors. We talk about that in a uh, in platform building, right? Building an online thought leadership platform, investing in your platform to attract more investors, to cultivate relationships with them. And so to do that requires money. You have to invest in these things, right? And so gifting is the same thing. But for example, we studied the last four or five deals where the average acquisition fee per investor was $6,000, okay? $6,000. And we're just looking at the the money coming in acquisition fees. There are also asset management fees, equity, cash flow distributions, and then profit at the end. Now, while uh, john teaches the lifetime value of a customer, I'm for now ignoring that because it's a little bit down the road, a little bit hazy. I'm just counting the acquisition fees about $6100 per investor. Okay, so I have $6100 in acquisition fees coming in, how much of that am I prepared to spend? To acquire a new investor, so think about well, how many people? Let's say I have I invite ten people to a steak dinner, right? And it might cost me twelve hundred bucks or something like that, you know. So twelve hundred bucks, and out of that ten people, one invests me. So I spend twelve hundred bucks, and I get sixty one hundred dollars back. Is that a good investment? Right? I mean, yeah, I think it's a good investment, right? It's a pretty good investment. And so we are very hesitant to spend our acquisition fees. And I include myself in that, Garrett. We're like, well, that's our profit. That's our money. We're not using that at all. And I think it requires a little bit of a mindset shift to spend part of whatever money you have coming into the business to acquire new investors because the business case is so compelling. So let's say, let's say the average gift, Garrett, is 250 bucks per investor. you know, And John talks about gifting two to four times a year. Let's say we're kind of on the cheaper end, let's say we're gonna do twice a year. That's five hundred bucks in gifts. Now someone's got to source and send the gifts. And of course he's got a system for doing that. And you made the comment, well we might just hire him. And and you may be right about that. I mean you can also hire a virtual system to do that as well.
1: Yeah. I mean listen you, you can put it together and the great thing I love about about John and his program is he's not like listen you you only have to use me on this, but I have the blueprint. You get the blueprint for free, but he said, listen, if you miss one of these steps, it doesn't quite work the same way. And he's been doing this for, you know, whatever, 15 plus years. And so you can do it on your own. You just, you can hire out the people that you want, uh, VAs or whatever, to help you scale this thing. But definitely that, I think that blueprint has been super helpful for us.
0: Well, it's funny. I mean, his pitch is saying, I'm going to tell you exactly what to do, how to source it, what to source, what the criteria are for the gifts, how to do it, how to say what the right in there. He has like all this thing in there. We're like. Man, it sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) But because here's the thing is if if it's a lot of work, it might not get done. And I think what he teaches, you have to be consistent with it. It's a surprise and delight as far as they're concerned. But from your perspective, it's a very synchronized, very systematic thing. It's a, you know, and, and what he talks about is he's not just doing it necessarily to be nice. He's doing it because he wants there to be a business case for it, right? He wants them to do more business with us, to invest more with us. He wants them to refer to them to their friends. And I can tell you, when you get a gift like that, you know, of these like crazy, I don't know what, I, I can't wait to see what he comes up with, but he got a crazy gift in the mail. I can't not talk about that. Like, man, even tell you these freaking knives I got, like my wife loves them. You know, my kids are throwing them into the wall. Like, you know, he can't not, not talk about it and you use them for a long time so they definitely have an impact and, and they're definitely going to react so I'm really looking forward to it, Garrett, to working with John on this stuff. And so, uh, you know, speaking of investing, if you are inv- interested in investing in our, in some of our deals, we'd love to have a conversation with you. It's at nighthawkequity.com and then click the join button. We'd love to have a conversation with you, uh, to see if investing is right for you. We'd love to answer your questions about what you have in investing with us. And, uh, we just really, you know, want to turn our investors into raving fans. Garrett, I mean, that, that's bottom line. That's what we want to do at Nighthawk.
1: Yeah, that's what we're going to do.
0: That's exactly what we're going to do. So hopefully you guys found that very valuable. Uh, definitely check out John's books, Giftology. It is excellent. It's one of those, my top 10 books because it's such a mind bender. So hopefully you, you find that useful and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to michaelblock.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The secret to raising money to buy your first apartment building. Till next time.